Hello, my loves. <laughs> I'm excited to be here if you can't tell. I feel like I'm excited for every episode, honestly, because I just really like I just really like what I do. What can I say? I like podcasting. Um, I like I've always been a talker, you know, I like speaking and being heard because I have things to say. And speaking of that, let's give a clap. Hello, yay, to this podcast, The Healing Corner with Nicole Hills. Because guess what, y'all? We have 35 total plays. Like 35 people have listened to me talk multiple times. <laughs> like that just like, oh my God. Oh my gosh. I'm just like grateful. It's so great. Ah, it's so. <laughs> I could jump up and down right now. I'm just really grateful. Um, Cause when I was a child, little anecdote. Um, <laughs> I was a talker, as y'all can see in these ep- episodes, child. Um, yeah, I was a talker. I was also loud, but like, what child isn't? And I'm also a Leo, so like that comes with the territory. (laughs) Child, if my parents was into astrology, I feel like they would cut me a lot more slack. (laughs) They'd just be like, yo, she just needs to express. Like, she needs to be loud. Let her be loud. Take her to a park so she can scream. But yeah. (laughs) But unfortunately, um, you know, my talkativeness, my loudness, my burst of energy, my brightness was not really appreciated. And I was told to shut up a lot. So when I see, you know, the numbers going up on here, on TikTok, where I also make content, on um, YouTube, you know, and all of these places where, of course, like, all of these places I also write, like on my platforms, I also write, you know, I write on Patreon, I write on Twitter, I write, I put my writing on Instagram, but like, it's just so incredibly healing to uh, the inner child in me to have people appreciate her speaking, you know? So I just want to send a thank you to everyone who has ever listened to this podcast, whether it's your first time here um, or you've been here before, I'm really, really grateful that you're here. I'm really, really grateful that, um, you know, you're letting me and my voice and what I have to say into your healing corner, because <laughs> that's what this podcast is about, you know, getting into our healing corner, getting into our bag, honey, but in a comforting way, because when I get into, as I get into who I am, which is the divine healer, also a truth teller, you know, and that is really part of the reasons that I was told to shut up a lot by, you know, my family, my parents, um, you know, my teachers, but not actually like shut up, but, you know, always be quiet by, you know, my friends when I was younger, because, you know, I have a habit of 
telling the truth and disrupting, you know, not necessarily lies, but disrupting superficiality, you know, and, you know, being myself and growing up as that and realizing that this at a later age, you know, throughout my whole journey, I felt just how triggering the truth can be. You know, I've seen it. I've seen what people do to others who tell the truth naturally, but also consciously. You know, I've seen the lengths that people have gone to extinguish the truth as well as the messenger. And so with the Healing Corner, I want everyone, I picture everyone who's listening, you know, comfortable in their whites, in their PJs, you know, with their head wraps on, scarves, bonnets on, with a mug of tea, some coffee maybe, um, you know, some wine, you know, if you're feeling spicy, (laughs) some water or whatever drink of choice and just coming as they are in their relaxed state, you know, to get some healing because that's how it should be. You know, unfortunately, sometimes healing does catch us off guard. You know, it smacks us in the face and those types of times are needed. But my, I guess my whole message with naming it the healing corner and this being a safe space is that Healing doesn't always have to be harsh. It doesn't always have to catch you off guard. You can seek it as you are, but also relaxed, you know? You can seek it in a safe way. You can be safe as you heal, you know? And you can have a safe, carefree, comforting space as you heal. And it doesn't always have to be you know, going anxiously into this dark cave, you know, you can do that, but also have a hand to hold. And so, you know, grab my hand and I'll take you on a journey, honey, a safe journey, but a journey. (laughs) Well, before we get into the episode, here are ways that you can compensate me as a divine healer, you know, um, giving out my knowledge and my messages that I've accumulated over years, as well as that I accumulate on the regular, honey. Um, This work is very sacred to me, and I really appreciate that I can do it. And I hope that you can appreciate that, you know, you get to consume it. And so in that appreciation, my cash app is dollar sign N-I-C-C-C-1. This podcast is um, housed on Anchor. And it distributes to, you know, other um, platforms um, that you may be listening on if you're not listening on Anchor. But if you go over to Anchor, there's also the listener support option where you can click the button. And it's kind of, you know, just like donating on Cash App. You can donate um, any type of amount that your heart so desires. And, you know, I appreciate you in advance for doing so. Thank you so much. Um, There's also Patreon. Um, You can subscribe and support me in general as a creator for $4.44 a month. Four has always been a healing number to me. 
you know, it just felt healing and I've experienced it as I've healed, you know? And so, um, yeah, being able to pay that is my way of extending, you know, the energy of healing to you. And yeah, (laughs) also on Patreon, I also have additional, um, healing content, my writing, journal prompts, etc., where you can consume and, you know, get a treat as you compensate me. And thank you so much. Also, um, I also make other content on um, other social media platforms and you can non-monetary ways to compensate me is to, you know, give me a like, give me a comment, give me a share of my posts Um, Especially shout out this podcast. Someone just shouted it out on Twitter and tagged me, you know, like put the link of the podcast. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) it really excited me because, you know, I just told you my story, you know, spilled my guts to y'all about being told to shut up. (laughs) And, you know, like you do work like this. (laughs) where you know you're going to be heard, but it's like when you're really heard, like when you see it, it's crazy. So yeah, thank you to the person who did that. I really appreciated it. It, We had our little moment on a timeline. (laughs) And yeah, um, I definitely encourage that because I love to know, you know, that people are listening, when people are listening, what episode they're getting into. Because as I write these episodes, I get so excited because I'm like, yo, this is really gonna hit home for someone and give them healing. And I'm really happy about that. So feel free to do that. Give me a follow, like, share. Um, You can also view my YouTube videos uh, where I create um, healing content. I have a whole healing series on there. So um, like, comment, and subscribe to that. And yeah, I think that's the end of my spiel. So let's get into the episode. Building a personality on your pain. This is supposed to be a makeshift title, but... Um, it's gonna have to do for now, y'all, unless I think of something else to name this episode. But this episode is a personal one. You know, it comes from my current stage of healing. So a little bit about my personal spiritual journey. I've always been intuitive. You know, I've always been sensitive, you know, in my emotions, but also in my feeling, you know, feeling things. I'm a highly sensitive person and I feel like you have to be as a healer because this is why, like, I choose compassion, you know, when it comes to healing rather than harshness and or bluntness and tough love because I felt all that has to do with shame, you know, like, I feel the emotion, I get under it, you know? And so I feel everything that has to do with it. And I feel like, yo, if you felt that, if you ever felt that, if you just knew, if you had that sensitivity, you would choose compassion as well, you know? So, um, yeah, but feeling has always been my personal, the the most powerful spiritual gift that I've had, you know, clear sentience. 
I've always been a real um, big feeler on energy. I can get into more later on, but I don't want this episode to be like a million years long. But yeah, I've always also been very interested in like the occult, you know, spirits and ghosts. Um, I was watching Paranormal Activity, watching like ghost encounters on YouTube and stuff. It was really interesting to me, you know, this this whole other world that, you know, I was pretty much cut off from, you know, like if you see me now being the highly spiritual person that I am as a child, I didn't have any of that. And so it's always felt like a piece of me was missing. And as I've come back into spirituality and been on my journey, I feel like I'm getting a really big chunk of myself back. And it feels really nice if I do say so myself. But yeah, and I think that is a reason as to why, um, well, part of the reason as to why as a child, I was very depressed, excuse me. You know, I preferred being alone after a while. And when I got into like yoga and meditation, it's like I had a reason to be alone. (laughs) You know, like I had something else to do other than just watch TV. But at 19 is when I got my first official spiritual awakening, you know, um, I cried a lot. (laughs) I was just having all of these realizations and the pain of my childhood was just really hitting me. I didn't really know what direction I had in life to go. I didn't really know my worth, you know, and when you don't know your worth and you don't really know what you want to do, you really just feel useless, honestly. And I was feeling really useless, you know? And so I was also feeling like I didn't really have anyone in my corner. You know, I couldn't really, I wasn't emotionally connected with my parents. So I couldn't turn to them, you know, and I didn't really have spirituality all that much. I had God, but in a, in a religious way. And that didn't really feel, I guess, natural to me. But I've always been someone who's prayed. So that is something that I did have and that I did have. And I also had writing. So as I cried, I I wrote in my journal, you know, my feelings. It was, whew, that pen was ripping that paper, honey. I was writing, you know, sad poems, really expressing myself. And honestly, after that whole session, I was just like, I... That was a little crazy, but back to regularly scheduled programming. (laughs) Like, I thought that was it. Like, I thought that was it. I was like, okay, that was, that's done. Like, that's done. (laughs) Now back to life. But it was like, no, my guides who I didn't even know, like, I didn't know, like, someone could have spiritual guides. They were like, no, girl, like, it's not over. (laughs) Well, this is just the beginning, actually. (laughs) And it's kind of funny thinking about it because, like, I really thought I was done. Little did I know, more sessions to come like that would be on the way. (laughs) 
But overall, um, that was when I really like just sat down, had nothing to lose. Overall, like acknowledged my pain, you know, my anger and my resentment, you know, with life, with my life, with my parents, you know, with my family and with myself. And since then, I'm 25 now, so six years later, I've been going through these cycles of regressing back to my younger, you know, um, self who experienced, you know, the wounds that I have now, you know, like experienced them firsthand to where like before they became wounds, like the first impact, you know, um, and yeah, I've been regressing to my more vulnerable younger selves to gauge, observe, and acknowledge their experiences through life. Because, you know, as we grow, we dissociate ourselves from that. We don't want to like keep, we don't want to hold that with us, but we don't know how to let it go. And so we would rather just dissociate from it, you know, forget a lot of things. And, um, Yeah, I really just had to acknowledge those experiences and the feelings that I felt. Because in being avoidant, I was unaware. And because I was unaware, I, like many people, could not see the connection between certain reactions that I would have that were part of my personality, you know, that were part of my wounds that had to do with my wounds. And quite frankly, I didn't really want to. You know, like we're like I said we're avoiding for a reason. And my personal one, one of the really big reasons, really big personal reasons was because I had a really big shame wound. You know, so much so that I didn't really view myself as human. I didn't really feel human. I couldn't gauge that like I was also a human just like these other people around me. I felt like everything I did personally had such a bigger impact on the world than other people. But I also felt like such a burden So I didn't really feel like someone. I felt just like something, you know, something to be judged, you know, not a person deserving of grace and room to make mistakes, you know, but someone who had to be so self-conscious about themselves that they did not feel human anymore. That is crazy, Like when I really realized that, because I would have to, I now still do remind myself that like, this is, this is life and this is human shit. And this is things that humans go through, not just me, but also other humans. Yeah, there are unique things about me. Not everyone is highly sensitive, but there are also sensitive people, like highly sensitive people like me. But the experiences that I have, The pain that I've gone through, highly sensitive or not, humans go through it, you know? And I don't have to be ashamed. And I don't have to feel guilty for being the person that I am. 
you know? And so I was viewing myself in a less than positive or perfect light. And that was very triggering to my inner sense of, to my sense of inner shame, like viewing myself in a less, any time it was pointed out that I was less than perfect, that I was wrong, that I did something wrong, no matter how small or minuscule it was, it was really triggering to me. And I would react heavily to it. And, you know, since in my life, the people around me, you know, were not very nice to me, were judgmental, were haters, were nitpickers, but haters because I was that as well. And you attract what you put out, unfortunately, or you know, you, uh, you attract what's familiar to you. And so that's what I was doing. And I was triggered all of the time. Like my reality was just a whole circle of my fears hitting me one after one after one. And essentially I was always just reacting to my environment. My reality had been filled, like I said, with the very things I was so scared and triggered by. And that was because I unknowingly curated that way. Curated it (laughs) that way. Because this is something that the subconscious mind does. When we go through trauma, The subconscious mind will, number one, rely on the familiar to form your beliefs. But because it does that, it doesn't want to just be believing bad things about yourself because, you know, these negative things are what familiar, what's familiar. And they help you form your beliefs and they give you low self-esteem. So at the result of that low self-esteem, It doesn't want to have low self-esteem. You know, we don't. So, and also your ego, which protects you, you know, it also wants you to be good. So it works with your subconscious mind, you know, to try to protect you and make you come out on top by constantly putting you in those triggering situations so that essentially You can defeat it, you know, as a final boss (laughs) and correct it, essentially. But since we don't consciously know that, we will have our subconscious filling our reality with our fears so that we can try and overcome them. But if we are not equipped with the beliefs that that they can be overcome, that we are strong enough, you know, to overcome. And that we specifically can be the ones to do so, then we'll just be causing a depressive, chaotic environment for ourselves. Whew, which is trippy. And you know what? With that, let's let's take a sip. Take a sip, whatever you drinking, honey, child. Let, let, let's get our bearings, because. <laughs> Whoa, child. And so, 
to come back. I was constantly reacting to my environment, you know, constantly on edge, constantly on the defense, constantly on go, constantly with an attitude, constantly angry, constantly in anxiety, constantly scared. Because that is what's under, you know, all of those defenses. A scared person, someone who's scared to be taken advantage of again, someone who's scared to be triggered again, someone who's scared to experience shame again, just like the first time. So, and I was constantly like that. And so it's because number one, that's what I was used to. I was used to always being anxious I was used to being ungrounded. You know, my root chakra was non-existent. <laughs> it was as small as a pea. You know, I was used to that chaos inside. And my um, body and mind, number two, were subconsciously working together to try and finally fight back. And it wasn't until... I started healing and becoming aware of myself that I was very angry, that I was very defensive, that I was very scared. And that caused me to be, you know, unpleasant as a child, which is like weird to say because I know we all, um, you know, like run to be defensive and be like, but you were a child. I know. And I know I was wilding also, but I know why, because I was very scared. You know, it, when I say that I was unpleasant, it's not as a way to blame myself. It's just speaking the truth. You know, I was unpleasant. I had an attitude. Um, and I know it was because I was highly anxious You know, I didn't know how to be a person. All I knew was how to react. And I just want to just point out, you know, two things, like just being able to hold, you know, two truths, two perspectives, you know, because both did happen. I was scared and I was unpleasant. (laughs) I don't know why I just laughed about that, but yeah, (laughs) but also Y'all probably think I'm a, I'm a insane, but holding with it, the why, like I said, which is because I was in pain, you know, I didn't have positive beliefs about myself. Truly. I did not have drive. I did not have much courage. I let people walk all over me, especially my friends, because I thought that's what friends do. You know, and unfortunately, I learned that from my parents. I thought allowing the people that you loved and, you know, that you wanted in your life, that you wanted a connection with, I thought that allowing them to influence you in inappropriate ways, like blindly following, you know, um, them and just blindly doing what they wanted, I thought that, you know, was love. 
And they honestly presented it as that. Like, if I didn't do this, then there was something negative about me. Or that I wasn't playing into the family role, you know? And that's something that I've been writing about that I I definitely can't wait to get into. Like, family roles and just, just what they mean, you know, in family dynamics. But, yeah, I let people walk all over me willingly, um, which only caused me to be more aggressive with the world, but also very angry inside that I didn't have anywhere to turn to where I could just be, you know, be soft, be sensitive. Before healing, I did not know I was as sensitive as um, I am now, as I know myself to be now. You know, but more importantly, to be human, to make mistakes and receive compassion in return, that goes such a long way. And unfortunately, we go through childhood trauma and harm that makes us like disagree with that, that if you make a mistake, you should not receive compassion in return. (laughs) You know, like, but basically normalizing shame and, um, what is that other word? Just normalizing shame for being a human. And that feels really dehumanizing, especially as sensitive as we are as children, you know, not being able to make a, a, a mistake. Spilling your, um, you know, your drink, dropping your food, being beat for things like that. How does that make any sense? What does that tell us as children? Because it doesn't, it doesn't tell us to be better. It just tells us that we are not allowed to make mistakes. It just tells us we are not allowed to be human. It just tells us that we deserve harshness for minuscule shit, minuscule mistakes. It tells us that we are in some way a villain when we make mistakes, that we do it consciously when we don't. Or we do it out of direct spite to our parents for some reason when we make small mistakes. But we don't, you know? There's a lot that goes into the things that we've experienced as children. And this is why I do what I do because we really deserve to understand why we feel so guilty and shameful for being a human, you know, for making small mistakes, for... Things happening that are outside of our control. <laughs> you know? Like, say, for me, this this actually, this is really personal, honey. Child, child, child. I recently went to a party that, for Halloween, that turned out to be whack, child. <laughs> turned out to be whack. And... I was experiencing, like, immense guilt 
because I was the one who suggested the party. I was the one who suggested that this be like a base party that we're able to, um, you know, like rely on if we don't find anything else, you know, I was the one who made everybody buy tickets. Tickets was like $10. I got in free because it was early bird tickets, whatever. But I was feeling like such guilt after we, I got home and I had to coach myself through that. Like it wasn't my party. (laughs) I had no way of knowing that it would be whack. You know, like as clairvoyant as I am, (laughs) I like I could not see it to the future and see how whack it was, you know, like and like I'm thinking like, oh, my gosh, like now my friend, like my literal friends, like now they're looking at me as like, oh, this bitch, you know, like and and that I'm going to get punished in some way because of this mishap that like quote unquote happened on like my dime or something like that like I had no way like that was totally out of my control it was a mistake you know in a way I suggested the party I thought it would be trustworthy that we would have a good time and like we kind of did but we could have had a better one (laughs) but Just that as an example, that was totally out of my control. And yet I still felt immense guilt and shame. And we should really think about those instances in our lives that that happens, where that happens. That things happen that outside of our control, but we still feel responsible and guilty for it happening, you know? And so we ultimately deserve a space to be our authentic selves, you know, and I deserve in healing. I noticed I, I was able to acknowledge that I deserved a space where I was able to be my authentic self mistakes and all, you know, my authentic self who was actually not aggressive with others, you know, who was actually actually sensitive who was actually gentle and compassionate and prefers that treatment rather than tough love and bluntness who actually holds grace for others and treats them with care rather than harshness who is actually very kind and attentive to the needs of others and who is actually a divine healer And throughout the years from 19 to now, by regressing back to my younger years and seeing the pain, but also taking my authentic characteristics in, I was able to catch a glimpse of me. And I've been able to integrate those parts of my authentic self to create alignment with who I am and who I was and create an idea Of who the fuck I really am. You know, past all that bullshit. Past all that pain. Past all those wounds that told me that I was unworthy. Past all of those words that were said to me that told me, whether outright 
or with, you know, context that I was incompetent, you know, that I was not good enough, like past all of that, because after a while you get tired, you're like, yo, I'm tired of my mind always psyching me out. Like whose words really are these, you know? And so I was able to see all of the different and intricate ways that I have built my entire personality out of my past pain. And I got fucking tired of it. Let me tell you, I got sick of my own shit. And that's like the drive that I used to heal. (laughs) Cause I'm like, yo, I got goals. Like I'm cute. Like I deserve to feel cute. You know, (laughs) I deserve a good life. You know, I deserve to not feel guilty every time I walk out the house. You know, because like, what is that? What really is that? I deserve to not feel guilty if I trip a little on the sidewalk and like people see it. Okay. Like I deserve to feel like a human. And I deserve to feel like I can make mistakes because life is just easier that way. And I deserve an easy, peaceful, content life. Gosh. (laughs) And I hope you come to that, you know, to that realization about yourself as well. But getting back to my script, (laughs) child, because I was just so used to focusing on reacting to my environment all the time and that hypervigilance required a focus on the my external world the external world and so I noticed I never really had a focus on me you know past a certain age I had to focus on everything and everyone else what they liked versus what I liked and what they seemed to need to be in a good mood around me. What I had to do to make them happy versus what I needed. You know, and as we grow up, we think that that's our job. You know, that it's always just about other people and how they would react if I did this. And so I have to either get ready to react to their reaction or change my behavior overall for safety. And it was hard and it was really overwhelming. And I tried to do that with total strangers, y'all. You know, social anxiety on a hundred because I was trying to figure out what others liked and to try to be that because I was so used to reacting to my environment out of a sense of safety, And so I didn't feel safe not doing that, you know, not being hypervigilant. I felt safe. I found a sense of safety in feeling unsafe, in feeling hypervigilant, in feeling self-conscious, in feeling socially anxious. I didn't feel safe being myself, thinking for myself, doing things on my own without the help of using other people for guidance. 
whether it be using them in their words outright or just using their like mannerisms and creating narratives in my own head about total strangers. Yeah. Whew. Chow, chow, chow. And now you see how I didn't really have a full personality. You know, I had characteristics that were still in me that I kept from happy-go-lucky period of childhood. But I also had these characteristics that were bred out of wounds and pain and that were just reactions. My personality was not authentic. My life was not authentically mine. My personality was always informed by my pain, past and current that I'd accumulate because of my past, but was based on the same stuff. So it was reoccurring, you know? My life was always informed by other people and their opinions and their potential judgments. And when you think about the rise of social media and how we, um, a lot of us millennials, but like also, um, early years of Gen Z, which is me, how we grew up during that rise of social media during our own formative years. And so, child, I was so susceptible to so many opinions of me, of the world. And I found what was acceptable and what was unacceptable. What my peers felt were acceptable and what my parents and the adults around me felt were acceptable and unacceptable and who I should listen to and when. And none of that left me, number one, any room for peace. I was always anxious, always defensive, with my head spinning in so many different ways, child. But also, number two, no room for me to look at myself with my head on such a swivel. And so now, in my six years and some change of healing, I've been able to make that room, you know, to make space for myself and to choose me again and again and again, more times than choosing other people and how they think. And so my personality has just been made up of characteristics based on those reactions. And in healing and choosing me, I've had to question just how much of my personality is informed by my anxiety. How much of me is informed based on my fear of others, my social anxiety? How much of me is informed of a reaction to other people based on how I perceive they perceive me? My self-consciousness. It's caused me... You know what? Let's take a sip. Because <laughs> child, child, child. I know, I know, I know y'all feel it too. I feel it brewing in y'all, listeners. 
Because these are really the hard questions we have to ask ourselves and we must inquire. We really have to. We really have to because we have to take our lives back. Like it's a must. You have to fight for your life out here to take it back for you so that you can live authentically. And trust me when I say it's a journey. Trust me when I say you'll want to choose other people over yourself and dissociate from your experience because that's what we're used to. Because that kind of makes life easier for a little bit. Having other people make decisions for you, relying on others like that. We don't have to do so much of the brain work because child depression, anxiety, and other mental health, um, I got to find a better word for issues, but you know what I mean. That is mentally exhausting within itself. And so to just have someone make other decisions for you and inform parts of your personality, I know how easy that feels and how much of a, of a relief that feels in the moment, but you got to think about the long game. You got to think about the fact that it's only you who has to deal with you in those moments of solitude, those moments of you brushing your teeth in the morning, looking at yourself in the mirror, those moments of you in the shower, those moments of you laying your head down at night in bed, You know, it's you that has to deal with you at the end of the day. So why not allow you and your life to be something that feels authentic, feels actually like you? And why not work towards that and just deal with the pain from that? Because it is painful taking back your life. Let me be the first to tell you. But after a while, I got to tell you, it's it beca- it's way easier to deal with that than to keep living an inauthentic life based on how other people want you to be living in the same cycles, meeting the same people in different bodies, trying to learn the same lessons, going through the same pain again and again. Whew. Let's take another sip. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so getting back to it, it's caused me to ask and point out how much of me is me and not just repurposed traits that I've made sure to incorporate because over the years, I've gauged that More people like when you're this way instead of that. How much of me is actually in the that and not in the this? (laughs) You know, I had to look at my behavior past and current and gauge how much of me and my authentic self is in the that and how much of it is a reaction to my environment. 
you know, past or current. And if it's in my current environment, what the fuck I need to do to eliminate it? What I need to eliminate in general. <laughs> Cause child, ain't nobody messing up what I got over here, what I got going over here. Like let's let's but also I had to review how I naturally react to certain things. You know? How and who I naturally become in social settings or when I'm outside and not in the comfort of my own healing safe space. And based on that, see what I need to change and how so that my natural reactions reflect my authentic self. And I wanted to make this reflection Because this actually, you know, came from a journal entry that I wrote down this past week of just getting everything together and realizing everything over my six years of healing. But I wanted to make this reflection, you know, this idea of having a personality built on one's pain, a script and do an episode on it because like, Just thinking about how many other people are also just a living, breathing, walking reaction to their environment. An environment that we may not even live in physically anymore. An environment and reality of the past that we keep bringing with us in the present because we just don't know how to let go. Because we weren't able to defend ourselves in that environment. And so now we keep it with us to stay on go. On the ready. Just in case that environment happens again. Just in case anything that has to do with that environment happens again. You know? And that environment is now embedded in our personalities. And if we try to let go, we feel scared, empty, vulnerable, lonely, naked and afraid. Because it will just leave big gaps within us, within our energy field and within our foundation. And so, think about how many of us don't really know our true authentic selves because a wedge was built between us. Because we had to stop growing and remove our focus from ourselves to this or these harmful and scary thing or things that were happening to us. Because it is a disruptment in our development. You know, it really is. When you think about childhood development, it's a disruption that we don't have to focus anymore on development. We now have to focus on staying safe. You know, when our environment should be safe for us to develop. (laughs) Let's talk about it. Like, hmm, how much of us are willing to stay as we are because we just cannot accept our pain or accept the fact that we were in pain, that we are in pain. And like, of course, I know, trust me, I know, 
realizations like this can be overwhelming and you feel like you have to heal everything right now, 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 because you want to be perfect and you don't want to be caught out here lacking, making mistakes, hurting others. You know, you don't want to be caught out here being human. But this message is not to induce that at all. Or maybe it is so that you can go and heal. But it's not to, it's not a message that you have to heal everything right now. It's not to say that you must change right now in your PJs, (laughs) you know? All of these episodes are just to spark something, you know? Catch the spark and reflect on the things that stood out to you. Journal. Remember, though, to still live your life, your human life that you still have. You know, because at the end of the day, all of this that I've mentioned is human shit. You're not the only one going through it. You're not the only one feeling guilty for existing. We all do. (laughs) Some of us just hide it well. (laughs) You know, like this is some human shit, but it's regular human shit. You know, like a lot of us come from pain. A lot of us are in pain. A lot of our personalities inform our pain. You know? Yes, even those people that always seem to be able to dish what they take. Who are shady and who claim to like tough love and show that they're better than everybody because they just aren't sensitive. And, you know, they can take a joke and blah, blah, blah. You know, because if you want the real tea, that personality is a marker of someone who is number one, settled in their pain. You know, they're used to it, so they're just settled in it. But also someone who lacks boundaries. Because why would you constantly put yourself in the position to be made fun of? You know, even if it is fun, quote unquote, to be treated passive aggressively. And hurt to the point where you got to puff out your ego for protection and react back all the time. Like I, and I'm sure a lot of sensitives have encountered these people who made us feel bad for being sensitive like that. But also who try and make everyone else like them, you know, through force or through shame. And when you try to elicit a boundary... Like, no, don't joke on me like that. Like, what are you talking... Like, you know, like, when you react like a normal human being, they try to come at you. And this is why awareness is really important because without it, we will live lives that actually hurt us and convince us that... Convince ourselves that... You know, like, we're popping because we're not sensitive and, like, we could take jokes and just convince ourselves that we're just really cool and we can get along with everyone because we can take a joke. Because, <laughs> like, honestly, I also used to be some sort of that, some form of that. And when I got into healing and figuring out that I actually I am really sensitive and I don't like when people that I don't really know strangers to joke with me on like a familiar level like that and that 
I actually was not just like really cool and like had a, you know, a really cool personality that I was actually letting people walk all over me. (laughs) Had I not reflected on that, I would still be living a life where I felt like I had to react all the time. I would still be living a life in anxiety. You know? I would live a life in pain every day, being triggered every day, thinking that this is just how life is or is supposed to be when it isn't. Feeling like life isn't fun or isn't exciting, isn't thrilling, isn't enough when we aren't constantly triggered and we get our adrenaline from this to the point where it feels normal and we feel like we need it for life to be, you know, cute and spicy when it's really all just anxiety and the mind and the body relying on the familiar which is danger it's familiar for us to be unsafe you know most of all it'll have us believing for years that we deserve and are worth this type of behavior Passive aggression directed at us, being harmed by people that we love and are supposed to love us and are closest to us, it really just messes with our sense of self-worth and respect, you know? And we will go around thinking that it's normal and actually enforcing our sense of normalcy onto others because if someone tries to introduce a different reality, you know, a different way of being. If someone comes to us sensitive, it will trigger us because number one, you're reminding my inner self that the life that I live, the reality that I'm in right now is unsafe, is not good. And that is triggering because then that reminds you of you know, the original unsafe reality you lived in that you had to adapt to. But it'll also remind you of your own sensitivity. And that is why a lot of us who claim we're not sensitive, who, you know, claim nonchalantness, who claim, who like, you know, try to show that they're so cool because they're not emotional or sensitive. A lot of us who are like that get triggered by sensitive people who try to elicit boundaries, you know, who quote unquote can't take a joke because like, you know, we don't want to be treated harshly. (laughs) Like what is so bad about that? I don't know. But anyways, all in all, this is just why it's important to replace the focus onto yourself So that you can inform your own personality. And your own personality can be filled with the things that you actually like and enjoy. That bring you joy and happiness with people and things surrounded around you that actually make you feel safe. Like, I promise, a life of safety is not boring. 
and you don't constantly have to put yourself in danger you know like self-esteem danger self-worth danger in order to live a fulfilled life so here is getting back to informing our own personalities not allowing our trauma to do that job and getting back to our true authentic selves so that we can live a true and authentic life that aligns with our heart. Curated, especially and specifically for us and no one else. Thank y'all so much for listening. I appreciate y'all so much. Um, I really hope that this episode can be empowering to y'all, you know, very healing to y'all. Almost don't want to end it, but I need to because I know it's pretty long. But I just love connecting with y'all and having this space, you know, be able to recharge you, to, to spark that fire back into you and get you back to your true self. So if you feel that I've done that, please, you know, tweet me, leave a comment, DM me. Because I already know my work hit, but, you know, it's really nice to get that encouragement. (laughs) Thank y'all so much for listening. Take a sip for me. (laughs) I will see y'all in the next one. Goodbye, my loves. Mwah.